Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. In this episode, Abby Swieger is joining me once again. If you didn't listen to that first episode we dropped on Monday, make sure you go back and listen to that. It's all about her backstory and kind of how she's gotten to where she is today as a collegiate football kicker. If you didn't listen to that, I'm just going to drop real quick. Abby's a sophomore. She attends Lebanon Valley College. She studies uh, speech language pathology, and she's the kicker on the football team. And she's got an extensive uh, past history of playing soccer, uh, diving, wrestling. She's kind of done it all in some sense. So if you want more on Abby, you can find her over on Instagram at Abby, A-B-I, underscore Swieger, S-W-E, G-E-R. So with that, Abby, welcome back to the show. Excited to have you again. Thank you. So obviously we're talking about football a lot, uh, especially in that first episode, and it's a very physical sport. You kind of said that yourself. And even for the kicker, you know, you're still kind of doing all the training that everyone else on the team is doing. So what's your training kind of looked like as far as like the gym and the weightlifting side of things go? So in season, I'm in the gym about five days a week Mm -hmm. with the team. We do all the fundamentals like squat, bench, hang cleans, deadlifts, and more muscle-specific work. On the off-season, though, I have to be accountable for myself, so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. Um, I attend power train in the summers where I have a personal trainer. We go over specific goals to achieve, whether that's leg strength or a certain part of my kick I need to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously do a lot of leg work, but it's also important to have upper body and core strength when it comes to kicking. You have to have balance. And as a kicker, I need to not only focus on lifting, but cardio as well. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of sprints, ladder work, and bleachers, even though they're killer, they're so beneficial. <laughs> so it's definitely a lot of keeping yourself accountable, especially over the summer. It can get really, it's really easy to get lazy, um, but kicking is something you just have to be repetitive with and keep working with. It's not something you can just, oh, I'm going to take a few weeks off and come back to this. No, for sure. Jeez, you mentioned bleachers. I'm just thinking back myself. <laughs> no one ever, no one enjoys bleachers. No. Um, but no, I like how you bring that up because, you know, kicking, I mean, someone like you, you make it look effortless. But when we <laughs> break it down from a movement standpoint, you have an extremely quick, powerful, forceful contraction on one leg yes. while the other leg is not moving at all yes. for a brief period. I know some people kind of teach you to like hop through and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but with that too, you have the balance component, but a mobility component. Um, I always struggled with that. My leg does not kick up that high. I'm yeah. kind of tight. Um, so you have to get a good follow through. You have to have the strength and stability throughout your entire body or else you're increasing your risk of injury. And I know for someone like yourself, female athlete, soccer background, you're probably thinking ACL, like front of your mind right. different times. So making sure that doesn't happen is obviously a really important thing. Um, so that's kind of your preventative stuff and your gym stuff in and out of season. Uh, what's it look like on the field? So when you get on the field with the team, what what all are you doing? So, you know, during season and in the off season, it's a little bit different again, but in the off season, I try to make it out to the field about four to five times a week. Um, I always start with dry kicks, just going through the motion and perfecting my form without even bringing the ball into the equation yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's something super important that I think some kickers don't think about a lot. I think it's something that is a little bit overlooked when I started doing it at practices. My coaches were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I have to do this. It's just part of what I do. Um, I do then no steps where I just stand with my plant foot in place and strike the ball. Yep. Then I move to one steps and then the full approach. Um, I don't actually get into kicking field goals until the end of my sessions. I work more on drills for accuracy and height, depending on what I'm working with that day. But in season, it's a little bit different. Um, I kind of, we start with special teams period. So we have about 10 to 15 minutes in the beginning where I work with, go right into live kicks. It's a little bit difficult for me because I like to really get myself warmed up. So I kind of go early to practice, warm up and work during special teams period. And, you know, as a kicker, it's practice is a little different. I do a lot of standing around. So um, I kind of have to be accountable for myself as far as getting myself ready for the next part of practice and making sure I'm staying loose the whole time. And I have to be um, my own, my own coach during individual period. I have to make sure that I am doing what I need to do during individual period. Other than me working with the other kickers, we don't have a specific kicking coach that's saying, oh, start from here, do this, do this. So I really just do what I think I need to do. Yep. So that's been something that's been a little bit difficult for me just because I'm so used to having been, been told, oh, you should do this, then do this. And I ha- really have to just do what I think I need to do. Right. No, like you said, you have to be independent and accountable for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, those are the kinds of tools that don't just carry over on the field and in sports, but in life as well. Yes. Um, you know, with you studying speech language pathology, that's not an easy major. It's a master's right. program. You take some higher level courses. Uh, you're in college for five or six years, which, you know, that's, that's a long time to be in school. Yeah. Um, so being on top of your crap, so to speak, on the field, I'm sure has such a beneficial effect elsewhere too. Um, yes, I like definitely. how you said too, you break everything down into steps. You don't just jump right into it. You start slow and then you yes. go one step at a time. Uh, and that really, uh, if I'm going to geek out on physical therapy stuff, mm-hmm. um, that really helps with your higher level uh, motor control and motor processing centers uh, and really kind of helps simplify everything. So when you do get to that full task of kicking the football with your two or three steps back and one or two over, uh, it's more smooth. It's more natural. It's almost like you don't even have to think about it. And I'm sure you've kind of felt that different times. Yeah, definitely. Um, so really beneficial stuff there. And you can apply that to anything, not just kicking a football, but you go to the gym, you know, if you're going to start benching, I feel like the, uh, there's a little bit of a stereotype from our powerlifting episodes, but the powerlifters we talked to, everyone started with an empty bar on the bench press. Yeah, it didn't yeah. matter if their one rep max was 300, 400, 500. Everyone started with an empty bar mm-hmm. and they just got the form down and they do that every single time. And it's like, well, you know, if it works for all these other people, it'll probably work for you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool that you kind of take that principle and apply it to kicking. That's awesome. So are you doing, you kind of said that the kickers are kind of on their own, so to speak. So are you all just kind of doing your own thing or do you have like very specific things you're all doing? Um, It really depends on the day. A lot of times we just um, stick to basic PAT field goal 
during individual period because at that point we'd already warmed up. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we're, we're like, oh, let's work on accuracy with kicking the side of the uprights. Um, and we kind of move together as one. But there are days where, you know, one of us is just not having a good day. And so we go off and do our own thing. That I think is one of my favorite aspects of being a kicker is just you just have to do what you need to. So mm -hmm. if one day I'm just having a bad day, I have the ability to, you know, step away from the other kickers and say, you know, I need this time to work on this. And having that freedom really allows me to get my head right where, you know, other positions on the football field, if you're having a bad day, well, that sucks. You have to do everything else. And, yeah, seriously. Um, you know, the coaches are going to be like, you know, what's up with this? And so I think that aspect of being a kicker is really nice. Um, not every day is going to be a perfect day kicking. So you just have to kind of get yourself in the right mindset. Even in that individual period, sometimes I have to step back and, you know, collect myself and say, okay, what do I actually need to work on right now? Because clearly mm -hmm. hitting this from the 30 is not working today. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to keep continuing to do this. I'm going to work on something small. So um, that's something I've definitely learned this season and I'm going to continue to progress through my next few seasons. So yeah, for sure. That's probably a big thing. And there's a lot of other factors that go into kicking too, like the wind, the weather, right, all these different right. things. Um, some of, you know, I kicked in high school. I was kind of pathetic, but, um, kicking, <laughs> kicking on a wet field was always oh, yeah. my least favorite thing. Um, I didn't mind the wind as much cause I had a soccer background, so we can figure that right, out. But right. If the field was wet, that was just like, that was it for me. Um, yeah, it's funny because a lot of my holders, especially I'm really close with all my holders. I think it's important for a kicker to connect with their holders because, it's just so much happening in one small motion. And so, mm -hmm. you know, have, making sure you have that timing down, it's so crucial to know what your holder's thinking and what, and for them to know what you're thinking and to really like connect in that way. So it's just so funny because all my holders are like, oh, it's pretty windy today. Is that going to affect you? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, a little bit, but I think it'll be fine. And they're like, oh, do I need to do anything differently? And they're just so cautious of what they do for me. And it's great. Like, they always are asking like, oh, is it okay if I tilt it a little this way? And, you know, in high school, I wasn't used to that. They just put the ball down and wherever it was, I just kicked it. But here it's so different because they want so badly for everything to go smoothly for me, which I wasn't really used to. And now I'm like, wow, I'm getting all this special treatment now. <laughs> they yeah, want to make wow, sure that it's going crazy. great for me. So it's definitely awesome to have them on the field with me. Yeah, for sure. We always did. It was a down tilt and slightly in yeah and every now and then someone would kind of mess up whether it was the mm -hmm. snap or whatever and you get laces which some people yes. make it make a big deal out of kicking laces yes. I always went underneath them on like the white line area so it never really impacted me thankfully um, mm -hmm. but has that ever happened with you or oh yeah definitely <laughs> I mean definitely towards the beginning of the season there was a lot of complications with you know <laughs> you know, everyone was still learning. We have new holders and we have holders that have been doing them, doing it their whole life. So just working with, you know, just the dynamics of it all. But it's crazy because every time I would mess up, especially early on in the season, they'd be like, oh, that was my fault. I gave you laces. Like it was my fault. I should have, it was a low snap. I should have gotten it down faster. And every time I'm like, 
I don't want you to say it's your fault because if this were a game situation, I still have to do everything I can to get the ball through the uprights. And so, you know, it's not always your fault. You know, if, if you give me laces, I should still be able to put it through. It doesn't matter if you give me laces. It doesn't matter if the ball's tilted a little bit the other direction. Mm-hmm. As a kicker, I should be able to be flexible with that. And every time they're like, no, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> so <laughs> we always kind of go back and forth with whose fault it is. And I'm like, it's no one's fault. We should be able to do it no matter what. So I think like that aspect of practice is so important. Like, you know, it's important to even mess up sometimes and work with what do we do in this situation? If you can't get the ball down, what are we going to do in this situation? So that's really been helpful. Even like, it's been helpful for me to work with holders that haven't held their whole life and are still learning because that helps me learn as well. Definitely. And I like how the accountability is brought back there and people are saying it's my fault and they're not yeah. pointing the finger at someone else. Yeah, that's, I know. I was, that's really cool. It is cool. <laughs> wow. Wish we had more of that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so kind of leading up to football, we talked in the past about soccer, wrestling, diving, uh, a lot of different things. Uh, what was your training like back then? And do you think that's kind of helped you kind of prepare for football and kicking? Um, I think I would say that my training routines growing up um, didn't necessarily involve much training outside of the sport itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would obviously incorporate cardio into my weekly routines, conditioning to keep me in shape um, for things like soccer and wrestling. Most of what happened was in the sport. And so I think coming into college football, all of that was the same thing, but it just intensified so much more. But now in order to keep in shape for my sport, I need to strength train as well as mobility train um, in order to keep my kicking improving. And so everything I've done leading up has definitely been helpful. I think, you know, if I didn't wrestle, if I didn't play soccer, if I didn't dive, I would be in a lot of a different, like a very different position than I am now physically. Mm -hmm. Um, So they definitely all build it off of each other. But I think now more than ever, I've just take, taken lifting so much more seriously I have never um you know worked my body like I do right now mm-hmm. so I think it's almost a lot of the same training but when you get to this level it becomes more specific to you even the lifting coaches here they make very specific lifting workouts just for me as a kicker and just working with my diet um I work with coach Reaver and we talk, sit down and talk about what food I'm eating. And, you know, I've always been trying to maintain, lose weight in wrestling, but now I want to gain weight. I want to be a little bit stronger, especially with my legs. And so just being able to fluctuate my body and strength, and that's probably the biggest difference here. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you about that too, is kind of the nutritional and supplement side of things, because I know a lot of people struggle with that. And I I see you every now and then we're recording this in the morning here. I see you getting that pre-workout every now and then. (laughs) Um, So what's your kind of nutrition and supplement strategy look like? Yeah. So when I came to college and started to intensify the training, um, I really realized how important it is to take care of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a time where I was not doing as well in the weight room because I wasn't putting enough into my body. And that was just never a thought in my mind. Like food was like never in the forefront of Mm -hmm. my mind as to what's important for me. And so, you know, as I said, like it's an instinct as a wrestler to watch my weight 
and as opposed to trying to gain weight to maintain weight. Um, but now as I'm trying to gain muscle and up my weight, it's very different. And in order to do this, I really have to take advantage of the food options here at school. I have, I try to get a big intake in protein and carbs and increase um, intake in good sugars. Something that Coach Reaver told me that really stuck with me is that, you know, being a student, especially, you know, finals week and in the major I'm in and just doing rigorous work all the time is um, really tough. And you're burning so much sugar just by studying, like just by being active 15 hours a day and then studying and just not giving myself the breaks that I need. So he's always like, oh, you need more sugars than you think you do. And I've just learned so much about nutrition through this. It's crazy. And, you know, obviously we do have a good, um, we have good options here, um, but sometimes it is hard to, you know, make myself eat certain things that I would, wouldn't really particularly want to eat on a day, but I know that this is right for what I need to do. Um, sometimes I'm like asking my friends, hey, do you mind if we eat in the dining hall today instead of the C store? And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, I guess so. And so they really um, keep up with me as far as, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I have to eat three to four meals a day. And so if you want, I'm going to go here if you want to come with. And they are always like, you're eating so much. Like, how, don't, how aren't you getting so big? And it's just because there's so much that I'm doing all the time. You just have to keep fueling your body. Yep. Food is fuel. Simple as that. Um, yeah, my undergrad days, uh, when we did eat on campus, it was uh, every meal I had at least two salads. And I mm -hmm. swear I put half the bottle of olive oil on it. Um, <laughs> and then I would have a plate of hard boiled eggs next to it, like five or six of them. Um, That's great. Every single meal. Um, there's one meal. Um, there was like no like decent protein sources. So I literally had a bowl and I just filled it with hard boiled eggs and <laughs> salted that thing up. And they were kind of disgusting, not going to lie, but you just, <laughs> you know, you do what you have to. Um, yeah. And, you know, with nutrition and that sort of thing, there's no one right way for everyone. That's what makes it unique is, yeah. you know, you said you eat three to four meals a day. I only eat two a day. So, yeah. you know, everyone is very different. You eat more carbs, I eat more fats. It's mm -hmm. very unique and individualized. And that's something a lot of people forget is no one strategy works for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I tend to be biased on what works for me um, just because I am that guy, I guess. I don't really know. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's nice to kind of remind people every now and then that just because this works for me doesn't mean this is what you have to do in order to get results. There's other right. methods, other approaches out there. Um, I think that's so, that's so true. And it's like, so specific to my situation as well is like, you know, when I go to the weight room, there's these guys that are lifting like 10 times my weight and they're just <laughs> lifting all this huge weight around, like it's nothing. And I have to remind myself that you know, I'm on a different, I'm on a different level than them. And me lifting my body weight is the same as them lifting their body weight. It doesn't make me any less of a teammate. Like I have to physically lift a little bit differently than a lot of them. And there's definitely things that, you know, there's things that I do that they're like, whoa, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're just built so differently. And, but there's things that they do where, that I can't even comprehend that they can <laughs> do. So um, I just remember one of my first days lifting with the team, I, we were deadlifting and 
um, I was always put with the biggest guys in my lift group for some reason. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, Abby, you want to try to do this? And I'm like, obviously I didn't say no. I was like, I need to just, I need to prove myself to these guys. And I just really went a little bit too far with the weight and hurt my back pretty bad. And my lifting coach talked to me and was like, look, you have to stick with the weight on your team builder. I know it's really hard because you want to keep up with everyone, but you can't, you're not going to be able to keep up with this weight. So the more that you stay with what you need to do, the more you're going to improve. And I've definitely felt that that's made a difference. You know, like sometimes I have to do smaller weight and that's fine because in the long run, that's what I need to do. And I've definitely become so much stronger by that. So that and that's a good point. <laughs> I'm sure someone saying like, you're not able to do this is probably just fuel to the fire. Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely. You make me think of, do you know who uh, Dr. Steffi Cohen is? No. So Steffi Cohen, she's a physical therapist, but she's also a, I think she's a CrossFit athlete. I don't really know. Okay. Uh, she owns her own gym and like training approach called Hybrid Performance Method. Um, and she has 26 world records for lifting. Oh my gosh. Um, she's, I think she's uh, was like 120 pounds roughly when she hit her deadlift record, which was 4.4 times her body weight. Oh my gosh. Um, so she is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend you look into her. Um, and same for anyone listening, because I mean, here's an example of, you know, a think she's like 28 29 year old girl who's just out there obliterating the competition like no one can hang with her and I know a lot of people tend to be biased towards people like Eddie Hall who deadlift literally a thousand pounds and that is very impressive but you also have to keep in mind the dude weighs 350 400 pounds exactly so it's like 2.2 2.3 times his body weight it's still very impressive but yes. pound for pound, Steffi Cohen is a lot stronger. Um, and there's guys who fit that too, um, and so on and so on. But it's just kind of interesting how, you know, we kind of look at strength based on a raw total. And we don't always consider the other factors involved, so to speak. Yes. Um, so with that, what, what are your PRs? How, how's the lifting looking for you? <laughs> um, it's definitely different. I so I lifted with the team last spring before I was technically on the team. I redshirted because I'm in a five-year program mm-hmm. and I wanted to kick my last four years um, just because I was so new to the sport and I wanted to make sure I was ready coming in. Um, so last year we had a lot more intense lifting and I had a lot of my maxes down this year because we're in season technically right now. We haven't been going as hard, but um, for, I think obviously like, squatting is like my strong suit um (laughs) so I love when I squat and I warm up you know with the same weight as the guys and I always feel like oh like I'm with it today like I'm with all these guys in here and um you know I'm squatting up to like 235 and I just feel like that like me being able to show them like I've really put in a lot of work because coming in I was struggling so much squatting 135 and that was like super hard for me to do and they could see that I was struggling but like the guys who have been with me especially like the sophomores who have been close to have seen how much I've improved in the weight room and so Mm -hmm. that's like a huge way that I've been able to prove myself obviously bench is a little bit different for me um (laughs) I but they're always so supportive I remember this was an awesome day for me it was the day before we went home for Easter break and we were all kind of messing around in the weight room because 
we weren't gonna go super hard. We were just kind of, you know, having a fun day because it was like an optional lift. And Coach Reaver was like, Abby, what's your PR and bench? I was like, I don't know, I've never tried. And so he's like, well, let's try and hit triple digits today. And I'm like, oh, I don't think we can do that. But he was like, oh, come on, let's do it. So, you know, he puts on, a, we have a hundred pounds and he's like, do you want everyone to yell for you? Like, you know, like we do to the other guys or do you not want anyone to watch? And I'm like, oh, like, I don't care. And so he got the whole team yelling for me. And it's just like so much adrenaline when these huge guys are all around you, like screaming in your face. And, you know, you're like, well, now I have to do this. And so um, me just like putting everything into that and hitting triple digits was just such a big deal for me because everyone made it such a big deal. Like mm -hmm. for me, I was like, I never thought this was a big thing, but at the end of that lift, they gave me the PR bell where I got to ring it and everyone was going crazy. And it was just a cool experience to see like how supportive everyone was, even though that's nothing to them, they knew how much of a deal it was to me. So it was really cool to see that they finally understood like, oh, like we warm up with this, but it's so different because that's how much she weighs. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was just like such a cool day for me because I was like, oh, I finally like, feel like these guys are seeing what I'm doing in here mm -hmm. and seeing that I'm actually like putting in so much work that it might be hard for them to see that at first but um when you do stuff like that it's kind of just like okay this is going really well <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that and the fact that you literally added a hundred pounds to your squat is absolutely yeah. crazy uh, yeah. it's very impressive um I'm assuming that's back squat um, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to be a huge fan of the back squat. Um, I switched to front squat lately. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I like front squat too. Oh boy. So now we're going to get you on the front squat train, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's too good. Too funny. Um, yeah, that's awesome though. I, uh, I don't know many girls who are squatting 235 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's very impressive. Um, and just your, you know, dedication and work ethic and commitment. I mean, I feel like the results kind of speak for themselves as a result of that. Um, so I got to ask too, because I mentioned I did kick in high school. Yes. What's the furthest field goal you kicked? So mm, I have actually not been put in for a field goal at this point in my career, just mm -hmm. because of how little I've actually kicked on a team. Um, but in practice, I've kicked about 40 yards. And so that was such a milestone for me because I remember when I first started kicking, I was like, my goal this summer is to be able to kick 25 yards. I don't like, that was my goal. And I worked with my kicking coach. And then by the end, she was like, all right, let's try for 40 yards. And I was like, this is insane for me because I was like, my goal is 25 and now I'm kicking 40. And, you know, when I go to kick with her, I actually work with um, some other kickers she works with. And one is a D1 punter and holder. And he is so awesome to work with. And everyone is so motivational there and it's like the support is just unreal and so every time I go to kick with them it's like we're gonna do something great today <laughs> and so you just have to expect going in like the goal you set for yourself is going to be reached and you know we always end with what's two things you did good or what's three things you did good and one thing you did bad we always try and focus more on what you did good so um 40 yards is my max right now. I'd love to become consistent around there, but it's just going to take a lot of work. I'm definitely more of a um, accuracy and consistent kicker than distance. 
that's mm-hmm. kind of my thing. So I would love to incorporate distance into my accuracy because I think a lot of the times kickers can kick like so like they can kick crazy range, but it's left or right. And so for me, it's like I'm super consistent at a certain range. If I could just be able to fluctuate that distance, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So. That's awesome though. 40 yards. That's that's crazy. Um so my pathetic high school record at five foot eleven and 185 pounds <laughs> um, was a 45 yard field goal in practice, and I was only able mm-hmm. to do that once. Um, so still good. I, I've still got good. like I had 60 or 70 pounds on you, and I had a little more strength. Um, it wasn't necessarily oh, yeah. pretty strength, but it was something um yeah and I was only able to get a few yards further than you which um I think that really just shows I mean your work ethic and commitment is really paying off and all the time you put into the small stuff you really sweat the small details from the technique and the form Mm -hmm. to every little piece in the weight room I mean that really pays off for you um yeah that's really awesome yeah definitely you know, it just kind of highlights sometimes um, just kind of going out there and brute forcing things doesn't always work for you. Um, right. Sometimes you got to put in a little more work and a little more effort into those other things. And uh, it's really exciting that you're doing that. Um, so with that, Abby, is there anything else you want to share with everyone today? I think we've pretty much hit everything. I think the biggest takeaway is, um, you know, your size is not going to be the biggest factor to worry about. Obviously, people look at me and think like this girl, this girl who's five foot one is not going to be able to kick this far. And I think the biggest thing is just to focus on yourself and compete with yourself rather than everyone else. Because, you know, I'm not going to be able to kick 60 yards. I'm not going to be able to out kick some of these kickers that have incredible leg strength. Um, Sometimes like my body is just not built in that way. And as a female, I just physically have less muscle mass than some of the men out there. And so uh, something that's super important to think about is just to focus on yourself, to focus on your own weight, especially in the gym and don't let people lifting huge weight and um, pushing around just huge weight in general to get in your head. I think it's so much more than in the weight room it's so mental so that's just like a huge thing to keep in mind for sure definitely um i've never worked out with you um i'm sure you're going to be the same way here but um there's this one girl that just came to mind uh her name's alicia she goes to the gym i go to and when she goes in there she might not be lifting as much as anyone else but it is just lights out and she it's yeah. like someone flipped a switch the music is up the focus is there and you you don't right. want to be the one to distract her so to speak so yeah. i think the fact that you kind of parallel that in your focus and energy and commitment says a lot so that's really cool uh, so with that, Abby, thank you again uh, for agreeing to come on and for joining us and for helping us put together these awesome episodes. Uh, for those listening, again, make sure you go check out Abby on Instagram. Keep up with her because she's clearly doing some amazing things and going some amazing places. And you definitely want to be along for that journey. Abby, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you're listening on iTunes. Those really help us out. We'd also really appreciate it if you shared this episode and all of our other episodes that you've listened to with a friend. Last, I want to give a shout out. These episodes are brought to you by CTM Band, Compression Tension Movement. You might remember that I had the founder of the CTM Band company, Dr. Kyle Bowling, on the show a few months ago. Kyle put together some amazing recovery products that are being used by NFL players. They're being used by uh, Boston Marathon champions, Kentucky Derby winning horse jockeys. Some of the most elite athletes on the planet are using these things. And I have a special offer for you as listeners of the show. You can go over to ctm.band. That's the website, ctm.band. And use the coupon code BRAWN10, B-R-A-W-N, then the number 10, 10, to get 10% off everything over on that site. And that code stacks on top of all other coupon codes and uh, promos and deals that they run over there. So it's really an amazing deal. You could get 25% off if they're running a promo and then stack 10% on top of that. So make sure you take advantage of that. And if you'd like to support the show even more, there's a link down in the description to donate on a monthly basis. We really appreciate all your support and love, and we look forward to continuing to bring you awesome podcasts and awesome content on Instagram and social media every single day, every single week. Thanks again, guys.